Suicide is a tough topic, but the Washington County Reach for Hope Suicide Prevention Coalition wants you to know that there is always hope. We are a caring community reaching out to provide compassion and hope for a community free of suicide. In the next half hour, we'll talk with community partners to identify risk factors, raise awareness, and discuss prevention strategies. Hello, thanks for joining me on another edition of Reach for Hope, where there's always hope. I'm Melissa Anderson. You know, this show is dedicated to women, especially those of childbearing age. If you or someone you know has struggled with the baby blues or even postpartum depression after childbearing, you're not alone. With me today is Shay Timothy, a community health specialist with the Southwest Utah Public Health Department who has studied this phenomenon. Welcome today, Shay. Thanks for coming all this way from Panguitch. Uh, tell me a little bit about what you do and, uh, and how you got uh, into this topic. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Um, so I am a community health specialist, as you said, and what that is is um, someone who connects members of their own community, the communities that they work in. Um, they help them locate the resources that are going to help them. So um, that's things like housing, food, child care, um, even things with domestic violence and so much more. Um, I really feel like I act like a bridge between people who are in need um, with the and then the other side being the resources that are going to help them. Um, I feel like when you're going through a difficult time, you don't always know where to go, um, what to look for, um, who to talk to. And so I feel like that's where I come in. And then with um, this maternal mental health. Um, I first got into it when um, I was watching my sister go through postpartum depression. And then around the same time, I was um, getting my bachelor's degree in public health, and I needed to choose a health topic that I wanted to research for an entire semester. And so I chose postpartum depression so that I could um, better understand what my sister was going through and how I could better help her. Yeah, that's that's a topic that you don't hear much about these days, even though most all women that have babies go through some sort of depression, whether it's long-term or short-term. Um, so you studied mental uh, health. And tell us about the, the baby blues. What is the, what's the baby blues? Yeah, so the baby blues um, happens around two to three days after a woman gives birth. Um, and it's because of a hormonal change. Usually, as soon as a woman gives birth... Um, their hormones like estrogen, progesterone, and their thyroid hormones plummet. Um, and that can produce mood swings, excessive crying, um, sadness, and uh, even depressive symptoms. Yeah, and we've heard of postpartum depression or PPD. What's the difference between that and baby blues? That is that a difference? Yeah. So um, the baby blues usually will go away within two weeks of giving birth. Um, postpartum depression will either, it will like baby blues can become postpartum depression if they don't go away or if they come back or if the symptoms worsen. Um, the post postpartum depression is really similar to the baby blues, but the symptoms can be uh, more intense and last longer. So what are the risk factors for that? Um, so if a woman previously before giving birth had, um, like a depression disorder or bipolar disorder um, that can increase their chance of having postpartum depression. Um, it can also be if they've had multiple births. 
um, if they're of a younger age. Um, and it can also happen if they are in like a, a lower so, um, socioeconomic status. And so what are some of the symptoms? Um, so it can be like um, if they are withdrawing from their loved ones, um, they feel like they're not bonding with their baby. And then there's also some depressive symptoms. And those are like feelings of hope- hopelessness, um, feeling empty, um, irritability, trouble sleeping, and a loss of energy. Um, they may also have suicidal thoughts or attempts um, However, postpartum depression is really individualized, um, even with just clinical depression. Um, the CDC has said that um, symptoms, um, how, of, like how often the symptoms occur, um, how long they last, and how intense they may feel can be different for every different, like, different, pe- different people. <laughs> so is that treatable? Mm-hmm. Yes. And what do they use? Um, so they use a lot of antidepressants, um, a lot or I guess there's some antidepressants that can be used when you're breastfeeding. Um, They are, let me see. Sorry, I was just looking at my notes. Um, (laughs) um, So they can also meet with a mental health provider and that can help them with um, like setting goals, increasing their self-confidence, finding better coping skills, um, and just dealing with the transition to motherhood. Yeah. And that is a big thing. I mm-hmm. mean, I've, you know, had that go through that twice and, and it does, it, it, it shakes you loose. Um, so I understand here in Utah that we have one of the highest rates in America for postpartum depression or this, how did you find out that research and, and, and why do you think that is? Yeah, so one of the reasons why we have the highest rate of postpartum depression is because Utah has one of the highest rates of births in um, the United States. And postpartum depression is the most common complication of pregnancy. Um, Let me see. There's also a gap in Utah um, between the rate of women that are diagnosed with postpartum depression and the rate of women who actually experience postpartum depression. So many experts in maternal health think that it's because of the culture in Utah. A lot of women put a lot of pressure on themselves um, to be perfect. And um, when that's not the case, like there are so many things that they go through. And when um, they're feeling all these things, they are feeling that pressure to be perfect when it's really not possible to be perfect right now. And... um, There's also phrases that are used when having a baby, like um, a bundle of joy, it's so magical, or um, pregnancy glow. And so when women don't feel that, when they're not feeling that it's so amazing or so magical, they feel like they've done something wrong, uh, which is not the case. Yeah, thus the title of today's show uh, maternal mental health. Now, I'm sure that they probably go through a little of this while they're pregnant as well, because your body's all stretching out. You're, you're not in the shape that you used to be. Maybe you were 115 pounds and now you're 165. Yeah. Um, and then to shrink back down, that's probably where that perfectionism is. You want to lose that weight, but it's hard to get off that baby fat. Um, what kind of pressures then outside 
are causing this to happen. You talked about perfectionism, and I would Mm -hmm. imagine that goes along with the culture here in Utah. Yeah, so it's definitely um, part of Utah culture um, is that people want to be their best. They want to be perfect, and a lot of that comes from, like, social media because when you're posting things on social media, you're not typically posting your flaws, your weaknesses, the things you're going through. It's usually, like... All your kids are clean and in nice clothes and you've got dinner on the table and everybody's happy and everybody everything's good. And so when you're looking at Facebook or Instagram and you're seeing those things, you're like, oh, well, I'm not like that. Or like my kids are dirty and they're wearing their pajamas all day long and, you know, they're not seeing that. So it's a lot of they put that pressure on themselves and they see all these societal expectations of Uh, what being a mom is like um, there's still those gender roles where a mom is seen as like a homemaker they need to bake yeah they (laughs) they need to do the dishes and they need to do the laundry and there's all these expectations and so that piles up and um, it can be so overwhelming and I think it's best to just try to do the best you can. And sometimes that means getting out of bed and staying in your pajamas all day. Yeah. Like, and especially for younger mothers, because they might be first time going through this and they're like, wow, this is a big change. And they could be going from teenagehood to motherhood mm-hmm. in no time. Um I also believe that there could be something to do with what you're expected to be like uh, versus just this image um, through religion or through pressures from peers or, you know, maybe your mother, mm-hmm. your mother or your grandmother. Well, when I grew up, this is what we did and here's how we did it. And you're not folding those diapers, right? Yeah. We don't fold diapers anymore. <laughs> but at that, you know, that that feeling of not being good enough, mm-hmm. how do they get through that and realize they are good enough and that there's not a really a good cut and dried book that tells you how to be the best parent ever? Yeah, I feel like that needs to be just spread that people don't need to be perfect. They don't need to fill this perfect mold. Um, and I think a lot of it is has to do with empathy, like and staying away from judgment because moms put a lot of judgment on themselves. And especially with postpartum depression, they may have like intrusive thoughts that are things they never even thought of before. And they may have a lot of anxiety and they keep it to themselves so that they don't seem crazy or um, just feel judged by other people because they are not doing the things that they should be, Mm -hmm. I guess. Um, And so I think it's so important to um, be empathetic to those moms. Like they go through a lot and there's so much going on in their head that it's um, just so important to support and love them. So did your sister get through this okay? I mean, did she struggle quite a bit or did you help her out or how did, what happened with that? um, I feel like it did take her a while. Like, it was like she needed to do it on her own. She worked full time. She had three kids. And um, but then she also needed she had all these other expectations that she needed to have a clean house and all these other things. And um, she started getting help. Like she was meeting with um, a therapist and um, like and she still meets with um, somebody 
and they work on building their self-esteem, building their self-confidence, and loving themselves. And um, I think that's super important to um, have somebody to talk to, whether it's a therapist or a trusted friend or um, somebody in your life where you know that you can speak openly and that they're going to help you work through your problems. Yeah, and that's about the time when you're talking about house cleaning that you have to make a decision on whether a clean house or taking care of yourself and your kids and let that dust build up for a while or hire a house cleaning. Or maybe mm-hmm. we need Rosie the ro- robot from the Jetsons to come over and take care of everything. Right. They have the you know AI technology with the new vacuum, so you just set it and let it go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, is postpartum depression then common? Oh, yes. It's very common. Um, about one out of eight women are diagnosed every year. Um, and then in you, this is where we see the gap is that one in three women in Utah um, either experience depression during pregnancy, um, anxiety during pregnancy, or experience postpartum depression. Yeah, so if they come in and they try to get help for that, they're not going to be ridiculed or told, you know, you're, you're just weirdo. Right. Um, where would they go for that help? Do they go to their OB doctor? Um, they can. Um, a big thing is like you can go to your primary care physician and often they will check your home hormone levels because you might not have bounced back. Um, like, cause like I said, they, um, your hormones decrease after having a baby. So it could be that you're still lacking in those hormones. And, um, so they'll, um, they can do labs and check your hormone levels. And if that's an issue, like if you're lacking somewhere, they can prescribe you a medication, um, or prescribe you those, um, hormones and, um, they can also prescribe antidepressants. Um, they're also, they can meet with a mental health provider as well. Um, and there are so many options in the state of Utah. Yeah, that's good to know. So there's resources out there through the Southwest Health Department, Public Health, mm-hmm. Southwest Utah Public Health Department. Um, and you cover what counties? So I cover Garfield and King counties, um, but we have um, community health workers in Washington County, um, Iron County, and Beaver County. Right. So just reach out to your health department and they, they should be able to help you with that as well, mm-hmm. especially if you're that lower income that we were talking about earlier. Um, when could all of this, even with the hormones and the imbalances and things, become dangerous to the baby? Is it okay to take this medication or, or get this change with this help while you're, you know, mm-hmm. you're going through this? How, how is it dangerous to breastfeed after that? You said something earlier about it wasn't. Yeah. So there are a lot of, um, antidepressants that you can take while breastfeeding. Um, and you're, um, your physicians are so prepared. Like they, they know what you can and can't take. Um, it's when you don't get help when it can it can come can become dangerous um, for the baby or harmful. Um, there's cases where um, if a woman just can't take care of her baby, then the baby might have um, ex- experienced neglect. Um, there are also some rare cases uh, where. Um, the woman or the mom may harm their baby. That is um, one of the like signs and symptoms of postpartum depression is even having thoughts about harming your baby. Um, And then if it goes untreated and um, when the baby grows up and becomes a young child, they can have behavior problems. Um, They can have cognitive and emotional developmental delays. 
Um, so that's kind of where it can be um, more harmful for the baby. So it's almost, um, are there early warning signs for this, what I would consider psychosis? Yeah. So um, that's like uh, postpartum psychosis is basically what happens when it doesn't get treated and it becomes more severe. Um, it happens in about 0.1% of women. And um, this is the warning signs for this and how you can tell the difference between postpartum depression and postpartum psychosis is they experience hallucinations and delusions. Um, and then when somebody's experiencing that, like um, it's a medical emergency um, and they need to get help immediately. Yeah. And, and I'm sure there's resources out there to help these women with, with all of this if they'll just reach out, right? Oh, yeah. Um, I even have a bunch listed um, here. There's a couple hotlines um, that they put together because this is becoming a more understood issue. Um, and so there's a lot of there's a national hotline. Um, it's the National Maternal Mental Health Hotline. Um, and I do have the number here. I don't know. If, Go ahead and read yeah. it. Yeah, it's um, so you can call or text uh, this number. It's one eight three three nine four three five seven four six, and it's free confidential um, hotline for pregnant and new moms. And they also offer um, both English and Spanish. Um, and then there's the Postpartum Support International Utah Hotline, and that number is 800-944-4773. And that one is you're actually connected with local volunteers. These are women who've been trained to deal with postpartum depression, anxiety, but they're also, they've gone through it. Um, they're, they can really relate to the people that they help. And that's also free and confidential. They offer support and information. Um, so that's a good, um, resource and people to talk to. Um, there are people who will understand what you're going through. Um, <clears throat> there's one that our uh, WIC um, program mm -hmm. through the health department, um, they give this out to their moms that they work with. And it's a podcast for pregnant and new moms. Mm. And it focuses on postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, postpartum OCD, um, infertility, um, if you had a traumatic birth um, with one of your children, um, or if you're just struggling with the transition to motherhood. Um, I've li actually listened to it. And I, I mean, I don't have kids, but I find it um, really comforting. And you've got these real Utah women who speak about their experiences. And it's, I feel like it's so common for these women to go through postpartum depression, but they keep a lot of what they go through to themselves. And it's so common for them to feel so alone, like no one understands what they're going through. So when you have these women speaking out about um, their experiences, I think it can be comforting to know that they're not alone. Yeah. Where do they find that podcast? Um, yeah. So it's called the Sad Moms Club. Oh, wow. Uh, it's um, appropriate name. Yes. <laughs> um, and um, you can just look it up. You can Google the Sad Moms Club Utah. Um, and it's a great podcast. They also provide a lot of great information about um, local providers um, that can help them. Um, and they even talk about events that they have coming up in the state of Utah. 
um, fundraisers for um, postpartum depression, like to study it and stuff like that. That's awesome. So we talked earlier about how these women can be at a higher suicidal rate to, um, you know, than others who don't obviously have it. Um, do these women tend to use drugs or alcohol to cope at times too? I mean, yeah. maybe have drug addicted babies or, or, or come out and do drugs or alcohol right after? Yeah, it's really common, especially if they leave it untreated, um, that they will find their own ways of coping. And that is often through substance abuse. Um, and it can be more prevalent, especially if they were, um, uh, had a substance abuse disorder before they gave birth. Um, there's a lot that can go into it, but that is, it's really common for a woman who doesn't seek help to turn to other um, substances. And there is a higher suicide rate for women who do go through postpartum depression. It's actually the number one um, cause of death in maternal mortality. Um, and it accounts for 20% of postpartum deaths. Wow. I didn't realize it was that high. Um, so what can we do um, and as far as resources and helping them out to understand that this is really a real str struggle yeah. that many women go to because you said it was a common problem? How can our families and our friends and our loved ones intervene um, and help out? Yeah, it's a big part of it is offering support. Um, women, after giving birth, they need rest and they need to sleep. Um, a big part of that is teamwork with your partner and organizing a sleep schedule um, any way that you can, um, whatever works for it, because it's different for everybody. Um, but organizing some kind of sleep schedule so that you and your partner can both get adequate sleep um, and rest. Um, it's also um, been studied that if women have an empathetic support system, they often feel validated um, and are more likely to overcome uh, postpartum depression. Just support. And if they don't have a partner, then it could be a mom or a grandmother or a sister or a brother even. Yeah. And it can be like I am so aware that it's different for everybody. Not everyone has a strong support system. There are women who are doing this on their own and they're single moms. Um, and that's why I love what I get to do as a community health specialist is that um, – I connect those women with resources um, that can help them because there are so many options out there, um, so many amazing organizations that can help women who um, may not have a strong support system and they need a little extra help. Yeah, they need that help. How can we then, as a community, um, break this stigma about postpartum depression, PPD, or the baby blues? Mm -hmm. I think acknowledging the fact that it's not a normal part of motherhood. I think often um, a mom could go to their other friends or to their own mother and be like, oh, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm really struggling with this. I'm feeling just really hopeless or like whatever they're going through. And their response is usually welcome to motherhood. Like that's just that's just what motherhood is like. You don't like you're never going to get any good sleep again. And um, that's not normal. Like postpartum depression is a complication of pregnancy. And so it's not a normal part of motherhood. It's something that can be treated and where you can finally get to being like motherhood is great. It's amazing. It's those phrases that are often used with motherhood. You can get there by getting help. 
Yeah. So it's all about support mm-hmm. and, and recognizing and understanding. Um, anything you'd like to say to possibly anybody out there, mothers or anyone who, who might be going through this? Um, obviously, your sister made it through okay. And <laughs> we're just, you know, back behind and supporting people. Yeah. Um, I think talking about it is great. Like, share your story. And because you're going to find somebody who understands what you're going through. Um, I know for me, like, um, I've struggled with um, anxiety and depression um, in the past. And it can be incredibly lonely. And you feel like you're the only one going through it. And no one understands how you feel. But mental health disorders is becoming more talked about. Yeah. And when people have shared their stories with me and show, shared the experiences that they've gone through, I'm like, wow, I'm not alone. That's I right. like I have other people out there know exactly how I feel and it can be very uplifting and empowering. Um, and so for women out there who are struggling with um, yeah. postpartum depression and anxiety, I would just tell them that they're not alone, that, um, there are people out there who care for them and love them and they can get the help that they need. And that's what we say here. There's always hope. Thank mm-hmm. you so much, Shay, uh, Timothy, for joining us today on the show. And thanks for our audience for being such good listeners. And, you know, remember, there's always hope be, uh, right here. Um, so reach out. Thanks. The Reach for Hope Coalition wants you to know that we care about you and we are here to help. If you or someone you know is thinking about suicide, reach out. You're not alone. To access resources for yourself or others, visit our webpage at reachforhopeutah.org. That's reach, the number four, hopeutah.org. If you are experiencing a crisis, please call or text the Suicide Crisis Lifeline at 988 because you matter and there is always hope. This has been a production from a podcast studio.